0: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome, everyone, back to the post-game broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And UCLA just finished off a 38-20 uh pretty much a blowout win over USC in the crosstown rivalry uh sending USC to a 7 and 5 record after they started the year 6 and 0 which is funny very very funny uh USC lost 5-6 to close the year uh Lincoln Riley not looking so good um UCLA uh obviously the big story of this game was the defensive performance um UCLA scored 38 but One of those is a defensive score, and um, UCLA set the offense up—the defense set the offense up with uh, three, four different drives that started on the USC side of the field, Um, and they turned those into three touchdowns. So that was a big part of the game for UCLA. Uh, Leatu Latu played an insane game, Um, single-handedly stopped one USC drive with a couple of sacks— I think it was the one that finished with a USC field goal to go down, whatever it was, 31-13. Just a a really, really, really impressive defensive performance, especially when you consider Jay Toia went down pretty early um, in the middle stretches of the game. And UCLA operated most of the second half without a true defensive tackle in there. Uh, A lot of the ends playing inside and still uh, shut down USC's rushing attack almost entirely all game. And then uh, on top of that, put a bunch of pressure on Caleb Williams. Um, USC had a lot of empty yards. It's, you know, they they finished with almost six yards per play, but it was a lot of driving between the 20s and then getting completely stoned uh, in the red zone. Um, Really, really impressive showing. um, And just clearly... Clearly, uh, one team came to play and one team did not. Uh, Just the effort, the energy level from UCLA's players was um, just at a completely other level, Um, and it showed. Uh, They were much more physical, much much more energetic, um, particularly that defense. The defense was really, really impressive, and it wasn't just up front. I mean, I think for a lot of this game, the secondary played pretty well. Um, There was, you know, the... The single coverage bust to Brendan Rice over Jalen Davies. Um, you know, there were a couple other plays like that, but Kenny Churchwell had a game. Um, Alex Johnson played well. Uh, there, there was just a lot of really good um, from UCLA. I mean, even John Humphrey, he had, like, a couple of moments where guys caught balls on him, but he was right there. Um, his his coverage this year has been probably one of the highlights. Um, but Kamari Ramsey coming back, I think, was huge, huge for this defense. Um, but again, Leatu Latu, um, his, the, the, the pressure he can put on I me, mean, he's got 13 sacks now this year, uh, in 11 games. He's, he's going to approach, uh, he might even get it. He was going to approach his 15 sack goal for the season, which is crazy. It's crazy when a guy says something like that in the preseason and then achieves it. That is, uh, that is some self-actualization. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a really, really impressive performance from this defense. They forced a ton of turnovers, um, and they were, they were. I mean, one, the kind of Marshawn Lloyd touchdown that went into the end zone was, you know, kind of lucky, you know, in the way that fumbles kind of bounce funny, but the one Kenny Churchwell just ripped away from Zachariah Branch was, you know, that's just pure effort. Not many guys are going to be able to rip that ball away from a receiver who's trying to hold on to it, and... uh and ucla i mean if you want one example of which team wanted this more that was it right there that that play this guy ripped the ball away from that guy one guy a six-year senior the other guy a true freshman six-year senior wants this one bad and he he took it from that true freshman um and so yeah i mean for this this defensive effort was uh among the best this season i mean i know we've We've talked a lot of crap about USC. Um, I do it on the podcast of Champions all the time. We did it in the pre-run-up pre to this game. Uh, but this was still a very, very good offense coming in. And UCLA made it look pretty pedestrian. I mean, they, they got some drives together. They, they, they moved the ball okay. But um, just USC was clearly shook. By what UCLA could do defensively. They were shook from the beginning of the game. Caleb Williams looked like he was trying to get the ball out even quicker than he usually does. They just didn't look like they uh, had a great answer built into their game plan for what UCLA was going to do. And then the obvious was that they didn't throughout the game. Um, and that's got to feel good if you're Dan Lynn, um, that you know the way you have schemed this defense. I mean, we, we're we now nearing the end of the season. you got to give Lynn his flowers a little bit this is largely the same personnel as last year. This is almost entirely the same personnel as last year that, uh, you know, put together one of the worst defenses UCLA's had. And this year, again, with mostly the same guys, he's got UCLA as a defense that's, I mean, comfortably in the top 25 um, in most statistical categories. Um, and they're sound at all levels. Like, it's not like the pass defense is horrible, but the run defense is really good. It's, you know, do they have some weaknesses? Yeah, if you can run the ball and pass the ball and you've got a pretty decent offensive line, that you're going to cause some issues. But how many teams have that? We've seen two this year, Arizona and Oregon State. USC didn't have the offensive line, which I kind of cited in the pregame. And I, the only thing I wish I'd done is um, maybe uh, compensated a little bit more for that because— you know, how much of Arizona and Oregon State doing what they did to this defense had more to do with just their offensive lines being pretty good rather than whether they could run the ball and pass the ball pretty well. Um, and I probably leaned a little bit too far away from that um, because USC's offensive line wasn't good. And we knew that coming in. Um, so, I mean, really, really, really impressive performance from this defense. Um, offensively, I thought Ethan Garbers played uh, the game of his life. Um, you know, he's, he's a uh, i i've i've called him a check down quarterback and i think that's still pretty fair but for a check down quarterback he played um pretty close to a lights out game yeah he missed some throws downfield but what he was able to do under duress in this game was so essential for turning this into a semi blowout at the end rather than the nail biter it was looking to be coming into the second half Uh, how many throws did he make while he was getting hit or nearly hit where it was just a little dump off but it was the right dump off at the right time um I mean the 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 T.J. Harden touchdown throw for one but just there was there were were a handful of these plays where um he was the only quarterback I think currently healthy on this roster who was going to make those plays um and you know, it's a combination of his mobility, but also, you know, just having a little bit more of that, you know, older guy feel for the game. Um, but even still, he was making plays that he doesn't usually make. I think he really wanted this one, too. Um, and it was, you know, again, it was just one of those things that was evident. Uh, he took a hard hit, came right back in the game um, at, on that TJ Harden throw. But he played a, I mean, just a, just a really, really, really good game. Um, interestingly in the run game, UCLA, it was a, it was a heavy TJ Harden day, which, you know, if I, if I knew the, the, the coaching staff was always responsive to like understanding like which one of these runners is more explosive, which one isn't, um, I would have, you know, said that I I said in the, in the preview, you know, I thought Harden could, you know, have a, have a big explosive day, but he ended up with 22 carries to steals 12, um, and in those 22 carries, he had 142 yards and a touchdown, along with uh, the touchdown catch. Um, he had, you know, again, probably one of his best games of his career. Um, that version of TJ Harden is, uh, I mean, first you got a caveat that USC has a horrible defense, um, but that version of TJ Harden is, uh, he's the kind of guy who can start for a good UCLA team. Um, and so that was encouraging to see. Uh, the receiving core, it, it, you know, it continues to be, um, kind of a, an odd thing. Um, you know, UCLA, uh, I think only had a couple of targets for Kyle Ford, uh, ended up with six targets for J. Michael start event, only caught him on one. A couple of those were just wildly overthrown balls. Um, it's just, uh, you know, it's hard to explain at this point, but Logan Loya had 13 targets in this game, nine catches, um credit with one drop. I think he had a couple more. Um, it's, you know, that's the one curiosity with this offense. Um, well, not one, not the one, but it's one of the major ones is, um, what went on with this receiving core this year. Um, because it's, it's ended up being a lot different from what it looked to be in the spring. Um, when it looked like, you know, we, we haven't even heard what happened with Titus Mokia Malala, but it looked like J. Michael Sturtevant, Kyle Ford, Cam Brown, going to be you know heavy usage guys at the top of this, and uh, it's increasingly turned into the Logan Loya show as the season's worn on, and some of that is the you know the offensive line uh, being in poor shape, but um, it's just curious. It's very very curious. Um, Hudson a couple of touchdowns. Uh, one just completely open running free, but the last one to kind of cap the blowout put him up 38 to 13, I think at that point, um, rumbling through some, I mean, it was just, again, another one of those indications of just how, how the motivation level of these two teams was so different because Hudson Havermill just makes a simple cut. Defender is just lost and then runs through tacklers all the way to the end zone on what should have been like a little dump off that was dropped for like, you know, a nice moderate gain, uh, turns into a touchdown. Um, uh, he played well. Um, It was so, yeah. So UCLA, um, that puts them at seven and four. It drops USC to seven and five. Um, I guess the elephant in the room continues to be in the room, which is what does this mean? Um, and you know, I don't, I'm reluctant to like go poo poo on this win because I think, you know, UCLA beating USC is always going to matter, um, to everybody. Uh, that being said they're, you know, it's 7 and 4 and they're still the same team that lost to an ASU team that is currently let's just well, let's just pull up the recent score. All right, so in between uh, ASU losing 55 to 3 to Utah and currently losing 59 or 49 to 13, it was 49 to 3, 49 to 13 to Oregon in the fourth quarter. They beat UCLA 17 to 7. Um Arizona, which is in the third year of a rebuild, is now at eight and three, poised to go nine and three, largely on the strength of um, some impressive recruiting to Tucson by Jed Fish. Um, and they beat UCLA this year for the second year in a row. The uh, as much as you would like to say, well, you know, maybe this is a sign of you know Chip still has this team and they're going to be motivated and all that going forward. USC's is really bad. I mean, that's the reality. They've gone one and five over the last six games of the year. Um, basically, every team with a pulse that they have played, um, they've lost to. And you know how much how much credit do you give a coach for winning a game against a you know mediocre USC team? And you know I I don't know the definitive answer for that for Martin Jarman, um, but you know watching. You know, watching the way Arizona has been able to turn things around, watching how, uh, you know, Arizona State last week looked like it came in with a game plan to win the game. Um, You know, much the same way Arizona last year came into a game, uh, came into a game against UCLA with a game plan to win the game where UCLA just didn't. Uh, It was that same dichotomy. And I don't think this result erases that. Um, So... I, I. Who knows uh, how this is going to play out? Um, Obviously, everyone heard Jarman's comments through Chip Kelly, through the broadcasters on the telecast, because they said it a couple of times. Um, And that certainly doesn't give the indication that he's intending to make a switch tomorrow. Um, And, you know, I think at this point that would be, I mean, probably unrealistic. Um, But still, I don't know what it means for the end of the year. Um, So... It's all I mean it's it's a it's a really interesting situation. I mean UCLA is nearly 6 years into Chip Kelly. This is another win, but it puts UCLA at 34 and 33 now through 6 seasons. Uh then they have the Cal game uh in the final game of the season. Um and we'll see which way that going goes, but you know, is that what everyone wants from the UCLA program? Um you know, something with largely but not entirely good citizens. Uh you know, that's that's the rep uh but you know all that kind of stuff uh that you know more or less goes you know a hair over or under 500 uh generally speaking i i can't answer for you uh you have to decide for yourself but um i think that's kind of the the philosophical battle line being drawn there um but you know, again, I don't want to diminish anyone's enjoyment of this win. Uh, blowing out USC is always a fun time, I think, for everyone in Westwood, everyone in UCLA land. So enjoy the win. Uh, I'm going to continue to enjoy being in Hawaii, uh, and uh, we'll get ready for the Maui Invitational next weekend or next week. All right, that's it for me. Talk to you again this week. This is Tony Kornheiser show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else.